Anastasia's finally a princess. She's not a princess. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Still no. <laughs> she is. Yes. Yes, she still, is. Also, so is no. Deadpool. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tori, you literally can't fight it anymore. You actually can't. Happened. And she's one of the few that is actually a princess to begin with. And now mm-hmm. she is owned by Disney. So... Welcome to Disney Versus, where the gray stuff is delicious. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. I'm Heather. If you're new to the show, welcome. What we've done is taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, ranked them in a March Madness style (laughs) bracket, and we talk about and eliminate them until we have a true winner. Also, yes, we've been doing this before it was cool and before it was just a trend on Twitter. I don't know that we're the originators, but we're OG. We've been doing this for two or three years. Three-ish years now. <laughs> we're we're the first ones to have a podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah. We think. Probably. Pretty sure. What is up, party people? It's been a while. All the things. Just working, man. Yeah. That grind. Been out in the world doing stuff. Endgame is... We're on the other side of Endgame and Battle of Winterfell. Ugh. Well, me and me and Grace are anyway. Heather needs to catch up. Some of us are. Well, yeah. I'm not on the other side of Endgame yet. So. From Winterfell. <laughs> I've seen all the things. Yeah. Tori's the only one who's... Tori is the only one. Yeah. I'm up to date. Me and Heather saw Hamilton. <laughs> How what was up? that? Yeah, we did. It was lovely. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Was it better, worse, exactly what you expected? It was nice to see it versus yeah. just hear it, but I do think that the recording is still better. Well, original Broadway cast and editing. Yeah. When you listen to something 200 times, you kind of get a preference for it. That's true. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration. we met people, when I went with my family, because I saw it twice. Um. (laughs) (laughs) That flex, though. (laughs) (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. But no, I went with my family and, like, we ran into a couple that, like, hadn't listened to Hamilton at all and, like, didn't really know much about it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they were like, we just got tickets because we knew that it was really popular. And so then, like, my family was like, oh, yeah, sad parts. And they were like, don't spoil it. And we're like, do you not know history? (laughs) (laughs) But we were like, well, uh, okay. (laughs) It's great. You're going to love it. (laughs) I think that's one of the. And I forgot to bring tissues for my family. Oh, and I forgot to remind you. Sure did. She cried. Sure did not do that. No, but they did. Oh my gosh, they cried so much. <laughs> I almost cried at the end, full disclosure. I almost cried when uh, Philip died. Spoilers, Philip dies. Toad's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Toad's dead. Toad gets shot in the arm. I guess he gets shot in the arm? I think he gets shot in the side. And then the bullet Otherwise, lodges that in his infection. right arm. Yeah. That sounds like it hurts. Because um, then he got infected and then he died. Yeah. Oh well. Spoilers. 17th century medicine, am I right? <laughs> god but anyway so we have a little bit of news i guess we should start off with something sad we're recording this on may 2nd to date the podcast a little bit um Mm -hmm. heather just told me right before we got on mic that on the 30th you said 
Yeah, on the 30th. Peter Mayhew, who the person who originated the role of Chewbacca, just passed away. It's really sad. He was 74. He was 74. I know we don't really talk about uh, Star Wars and stuff on this podcast, but, you know, he's such a big uh, pop culture figure, nerd culture. Uh, it would be mad disrespectful, especially with some of the new stuff that we have to talk about, to not mention it. So, R.I.P. The bigger news since we've been gone is the Disney Fox merger has happened. Yes. It's official. The ink is dry. Woo! Buy Fox. Why did I put that in there? Because these are all the things that you get when you buy Fox. Yeah. And all the princesses you get. (sighs) Lots of princesses. (laughs) Specifically, Anastasia is now a fucking Disney princess. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. It's true. It's real. (laughs) Dear God. Oh, dear God. In addition to Anastasia. I think Rose from Titanic is also a princess now. Princess of what? (laughs) Titanic. She can't be a princess because she's dead. No, it's been 84 years. (laughs) Well, 84 plus 20 because Titanic came out 20 years ago. So she's 124. Whatever. Actually, so are you saying are you saying Snow White can't be a princess because she'd be dead right now? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. So, How could you? <laughs> just like this. She's dead, so she can't be a princess. Uh so some among among Anastasia, the things that Disney now owns, they now own the rights to the X Men and the Fantastic Four. The Simpsons and The Simpsons Movie, Family Guy, Futurama, Bob's Burgers, Avatar, Titanic, along with 13 other Best Picture winners, including The Shape of Water, Slumdog Millionaire, 12 Years a Slave, and Braveheart, and 77 previous Best Picture nominees because they own 20th Century Fox and Fox Searchlight. Including Rhyme. the most recent Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Beasts of the Southern Wild, and Black Swan. That's a crazy ass movie. She's a princess now. She actually is. She has a tutu. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> She's the Swan <laughs> Princess. Uh huh. The aforementioned <laughs> Anastasia, Titan AE. Yes. They own the Ice Age franchise, the Albert and the Chipmunks film franchise. They own Deadpool. Also a princess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And lover of unicorns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They now own the distribution rights to the first Star Wars movie, Star Wars A New Hope. Nice. But not the other ones? They own the other ones. Just Fox always had the distribution rights because George Lucas didn't even own the distribution rights. Oh. Because mm. I believe the story is he said, the only thing I want from Star Wars are the toy rights. Hmm. Oh. And then he self-financed um, Empire and Return of the Jedi himself, I believe. That seem that seems expensive and like not a good financial plan. But I think he's doing fine. For what? Like just George getting Lucas. the toy rights? No, I mean for financing the rest of it himself. I mean, the, with the toy rights alone, he was balling. He's doing just fine. Do you want to yeah. guess how much he's worth? Uh, 15.6 billion. No. Less? Yes. 804 million. No. 304 million? No. How much? 
six point three billion. Oh, okay. You did you did say less, so <laughs> you should put way less. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so he's not a billionaire. Got it. They own Alien and Predator, the Planet of the Apes franchise, the Home Alone franchise, the Sound of Music, which I always got confused growing up with Mary Poppins, but now that I'm older, I'm not stupid anymore. <laughs> they own Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. I put that in because yeah. they were uh, significant threats to win uh, Best Animated Fe- Feature mm-hmm, in their mm-hmm. years. Isle of Dogs is a pretty good movie, too. So is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my personal favorite, they now own The Page Master, which, yes. Disney, if you're listening, and I know you are, <laughs> please remake that movie immediately. Just, mm, just Can you do imagine? It. Who would you cast? Who would I cast? Um, one of the Stranger Things kids. Probably Dustin. Mm-hmm. Let's cast Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys want to see more of from Disney? Like, which one of these franchises or something that I didn't even name did you guys want to? I see would take Disney a live action of? Anastasia. Okay. Um, a better Fantastic Four movie. Would be great. <laughs> like a a good one would be good. You mean you like know? you mean like The Incredibles? Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that everyone would want out of this. Uh, at least a good Fantastic Four movie. Um, would you, Grace, would you want the Anastasia movie to be, I guess, more like the animated Disney? Not, sorry, not, well, now it's sort of, now it's Disney. But, like, animated. more of the, no, more I, of the I, animated I, movie? Or, I would think I'd want it live action. So more like the musical or more like the movie? Oh, um, more like the movie. Okay. So still with the evil undead dude. Yeah. And little bat. Yeah, because I think with the musical, they rearranged the songs and the plot a little bit. And I think they took Rasputin out a little bit. I think they took him out altogether. They took him completely out. That, yeah. How do you it's even more, do that? They based it more on historical things real that things? actually happened. I feel yeah, like you like could take out things. the bat if you're going to do a live action, but you definitely should keep in Rasputin. Oh, so they took out the magic. Yeah, and they and they told it as... A love story. Well, not even that. Um, more of they're trying to get out of the new, I guess, what, USSR Russia or something? Yeah. Got you. So the other thing that has that was announced since we've been gone is Disney Plus. Yes. We got more details about Disney Plus, the streaming, the massive streaming site that Disney is launching on November 12th. I think that was the biggest motivation for buying Fox is uh, getting a piece of that sweet, sweet streaming money (laughs) because they now own a piece of a bigger piece of Hulu. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's like 60% now, right? Oh, wow. I think so. Mm -hmm. It'll be available on November 12th. The monthly subscription will be $6.99 and a year subscription will be $69.99. I'm all ready to drop that 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 sweet change to get my mm-hmm. year subscription. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if they'll make it, like, especially if they already own such a huge portion of Hulu, I wonder if they'll make it an add-on to Hulu, like you can do with HBO. I think they're going to keep them independent. Okay. Because they might just put, like, the, the content that they own that's not, you know, disney plus friendly they might just put on hulu yeah like keep the simpsons on hulu or something 
No, the Simpsons are actually going to be on Disney Plus. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. It's on the it's on the thing. Along, it's on the list I don't know about. Yeah, <laughs> along with the uh, during the big press conference that they had for it, along with the price and everything and what the interface would look like. If you if you haven't seen the pictures, go look for them because the interface looks it looks so clean and it's it's delicious. Mm. They let us know what will be available day one, as in like what original movies, what original series, what old content are they putting on. And I'm not going to go through all of it. Please forgive me if I end up naming all of it. Mm. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on here that is it's pretty tasty. Some of the original series, this will be available day one. So on November 12th, these things will be available. High School Musical, the musical, the series. The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars-based series. The uh, Spark Shorts from Pixar that they've been putting out. Yes. All of those will be available Mm -hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Fantastic. Original movies, the live-action Lady and the Tramp movie will be available. And then uh, I'm going to read down the list of movies that they say, movies and recent releases that they say will be available day one. 101 Dalmatians, A Bug's Life, A Goofy Movie, An Extremely Goofy Movie, Bambi, Bow, Big Hero 6, Cars, Fantasia, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, Frozen, Fun and Fancy Free, Hercules, High School Musical, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Inside Out, Iron Man, Lady and the Tramp, Lilo and Stitch, Mary Poppins, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, Moana, Monster University, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Ratatouille, Remember the Titans, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Sleeping wow. Beauty, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Star Wars 1, Star Wars 2, Star Wars 3, Star Wars 4, Star Wars 5, Star Wars 6, Star Wars Episode 7, Not The Last Jedi, hmm. Steamboat Willie, The Good Dinosaur, The Incredibles 1 and 2, The Little Mermaid, The 1961 Parent Trap, The Princess Diaries, hmm. The Rocketeer, The Sword in the Stone, The Three Caballeros, Thor The Dark World, Toy Story, Tron, Up, Wally, and Zootopia. That's day one. Jeez. Yeah, those are just the movies. Some of the series that will be available. I'm not going to read all of these. I'm going to jump around more. We already mentioned The Simpsons. Amazing mm-hmm. Planet, Boy Meets World, Brain Games, DuckTales, DuckTales 2016, mm-hmm. Goof Troop, Kim Possible, Malcolm in the Middle, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy series, Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man series, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, One Strange Rock, Raven's Home, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Clone Wars, That's Our Raven, and Wicked Tuna. I knew less of those. Yeah. <laughs> and then throughout the, I mean, throughout their run, there'll be these, <gasps> what? We'll get like Halloween, t- we'll get all the Disney Halloween specials. Yes, I also read that there will be at least a hundred it's not on this list there will be at least a hundred disney channel original movies available on day one wow and later on during year one we're getting monsters at work which is the monsters inc series (gasps) we'll be getting the uh the marvel tv shows like the falcon and winter soldier vision and wanda i forget the other show and then once the Loki, right? Yeah, Loki's Loki. Actually, they're saying. Let me stop because I'm reading the Marvel shows will be available in year two. I was wrong. Mm. Also, during year one, once these movies have had their theatrical release, they will be on 
Disney Plus, Captain Marvel, Dumbo, Avengers Endgame, Aladdin, Toy Story 4, The Lion King, The Maleficent sequel, Frozen 2, and Star Wars Episode 9 will all be on Disney Plus once they finish their theatrical run. Whew, that's a lot. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of content. What of that are you guys excited for? All. All All Yeah, a lot of it. Marvel, the Disney original stuff. Um, There's lots of Disney, drunken Disney opportunity there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited. I know a lot of the cartoons that I was hoping for aren't on here, like Recess and Fillmore and The Proud Family, but there's still time for them to put those up. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of want to do a Fillmore mini cast and just go through mm. that show because it's like, what, 24 episodes, I think, of that show. It's such a great show. Mm. If you haven't watched Fillmore, go watch it. It's basically NYPD in, in a middle school. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. It's a, it's a cop show set in a middle school. That's what it is. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. I think that's all the news. Grace, you want to get to the matchups? Yeah. This week's matchups, I can't... We are down to the final four. Can we just Mm -hmm. talk about how Lion King isn't here? How do we let this happen? What? Where did we go wrong? Easy. We chose something else. (laughs) (sighs) This week's matchups... I love you, Grace. <laughs> For Beauty and the Beast versus Wally, and The Incredibles versus Finding Nemo. This one's gonna be tough. So, apart from, except for Grace's obvious hangups on the Lion King not being here, are we good with these being the final four? Like, I think this is a pretty solid final four. These are solid, super solid, like top ten movies. I do not think. This is it. Like, I don't think these are our four. I think Beauty and the Beast probably 
Wally I put really high up there, but I don't even know if I still think that it should be top five. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think that Wally and uh, Finding Nemo would make it this far. Yeah. I mean, I think Wally is the only number one seed that is left. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look at the rankings now. Okay, so for Wally, Tori put six, I put two, Heather put tier three. True, right? Why? Because yeah, she's crazy. Because Wally, right? Yeah. You said Wally? Yeah. That's, she also that put was... Beauty and the Beast in tier two. Wally and uh, Finding Nemo were played in my high school a lot. Remember? Oh, right, so right, 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 right. Beauty and the Beast, Tori put three, I put eight, Heather put tier two, Incredibles, Tori put five, I put nine. Heather put one. Yeah. And then Finding Nemo, Tori put as 25th. I put as third. Heather put as her tier four. Shrug emoji. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so let's start off with Beauty and the Beast versus Wally. I think the best way to do this is go back to the way we did it in round one. Just go, you know, analyze every bottom. part of the movie. Every piece of the movie. It's the only way we're going to get through this rationally. I, you threw out Lion King. I think I'm done being rational. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I'm going to have to be the Spock in this one. Um, protagonist, the Dreamers. I like that. I like that it's these two, Belle versus Wally. Yeah. I was watching the beginning of both movies yesterday, and I noticed that the, that similarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Belle, uh, that's... Uh, I feel like there's a naivete... Um, to Belle and Wally's just. I feel like Wally's way more. Well, I th- feel like Wa- I don't know Wally's if he's naive more like or a if he... toddler. Yeah. Except like Wally just doesn't. Even though he's literally like the oldest one there, he has like no idea what's going on. So he's like almost like a senile old man. Yeah. I feel like. <laughs> he's just kind of like I'm just here. Oh, you want this? Here you go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Wally. I don't know. They both have they. Both have really great, like. Bill's willing to stand up for the things that she and things and the people she believes in, um, and will go to any length to defend those people. She's very protective, yeah. Yeah, and she's got a mind of her own. Wally does not necessarily have a mind of his own, um, but is very loyal. He just kind of happens to the plot, and then I think he's just kind of literally going along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And then Belle kind of, I think she has a little bit more agency than Wally, a little bit. Uh-huh. Belle's kind of forced in these different situations, because, like, I think one of the only choices that she had was leave her dad there to die or take his place. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is, no, Gaston, I will not marry you. You know, everything else, she still, like, kind of chooses her own things, where it's like, no, I'm not going to go to dinner you know, mm-hmm. with the beast in the beginning. But at the same time, I, like, I do need to eat. <laughs> I like what you said about Wally's loyalty, too, because he's kind of like a a puppy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's like a puppy all throughout. Yeah. And he's he's so helpful, like, with um, trying to, when the guy falls out of his chair on the Axiom, Wally pushes him back in, and all this other stuff, like trying to help Eve get the plant, uh, well, what about antagonists? We've got Gaston versus, I guess, Otto? Yeah, I guess it yeah. would be Otto. Well, obviously, Otto's the smart one. Yeah. And Gaston is just, I don't know, 
He's privileged. I um I like Otto so much because it's such an homage to uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. And Gaston's just grating. Like, he's not even truly evil. He's just stupid. He's very self-interested. Like, that's his motivation. He, he yeah. wants what he wants, and he wants Belle because she's pretty. Otto isn't necessarily... I wouldn't say Otto is necessarily evil. Because he thinks that he's doing what's right. He's yeah. doing what he's For programmed. Humanity. He's yeah. just doing what he's programmed to do. Right. Yeah. What about the ensemble casts of both? I just have this image of all of the escaped uh, rogue robots. <laughs> rogue yeah. robots. They're actually, I feel like the ensemble is pretty similar in that sense. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. They're, just... they're all kind of like go into battle at some point. Yeah, and they're all just, you know, kind of inanimate objects, pretty much. Yeah. That's funny. I think, I mean, I guess I could give the edge to uh, the, the subjects from in the castle because they kind of, they, they influence everything and they're, you know, they kind of have more mm-hmm. of an in- impact on the characters than Wally does. I mean, than the, mm-hmm. the rogue robots do. As far as uh, something I thought of when we were talking about um, Belle and Wally as dreamers, let's talk about their romances right quick because Wally is head over heels, falls in love with the first new thing that he sees. It's literally love at first sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Belle and the Beast, like Belle hates the Beast from Jump and then mm-hmm. comes around to him. Right. So I think that, I think that kind of pushes me towards Wally's... Are you about to call it Stockholm Syndrome? No, no, no. I was, okay, was going to cool. say push it towards uh, Beauty and the Beast because Belle's love is kind of, it's kind of the character development slash development of the plot and Wally's love for Eve kind of is what gets him off the planet and into the the rest of the movie. Does that make right. sense? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I love the Wally love story because it's so... Um, they did such a good job of taking these two robots that you would think would be a really cold unemotional story and they did such a good job of making you love these characters and and feel their emotions and how connected they are to each other yeah Um, well i mean because like what like without that where would the movie be yeah there's more sustenance to beauty and the beast i feel like substance you mean yes Mm -hmm. i'm bad at words (laughs) sure um but it's like it's like a wholesome movie it's like a pure kind of just like from the get-go, like his feelings and stuff for yeah. her and all that kind of stuff. but And that kind of comes from Wally's naivete, too. He, I mean, he has no... Exactly. He has really no intentions except for, hey, I want to be with Eve. Yeah. Right. He's he's not selfish, but he's just after the love. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. he's not... And, like, with the plant. Like, he's, he's after the plant because Eve wants the plant and he loves Kay. Eve. Yeah. And he he just wants to hold her hand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then Eve, as a character, like, Eve is not starkly against Wally. She's just all about her mission. Right. And it's kind of um, cute. It's super cute. Mm-hmm. I feel like comparing animation and color palette isn't even really fair for these. Yeah, I agree. How so? Just, they're so 
they're so very different and completely different time periods. And they're going for different things. So yeah. Well, in that case, how does how does their color palette like influence their movie? Because we've talked about in the past how the contrast of the way Earth looks to the way everything on the Axiom looks is very impactful to Wall in Wally's eyes because mm-hmm. he's. So are you talking about like a who did it better? Not who did it better because they both did it great. Like how right. does that? I'm saying like, I was saying like who who did it better for like their movie kind of thing yeah. like did they get the point across yeah how did how did it impact you cuz i think i think it's, to be it's not even a fair fight just because wally relied on the color palette so much to create that stark um, difference um, and beauty and the beast just didn't rely on the color palette and animation style in the same way right everything was really bright in beauty and the beast because it was there in paris right well it not was, everything. It was pretty dark. You, yeah, because like, you and, go from... And more muted, too. Um, right, and that's to set the theme of... Yeah. It's more of a dungeon. Uh-huh. You've got lots of jewel tones and... Well, in that case, who did it better? Because, I mean, you it's it's similar. It's To get whatever point across? Yeah, because, I mean, you go from the brightness of France and the village and the normalcy of life to the darkness that is the castle and Belle's kind of hopeless situation... And then everything kind of brightens up because when they get to um, something there, when they're playing in the snow, it's all bright again because the sun's out. You know, they're not being chased by wolves, and there's a they're pl- they're wearing bright colored clothes. Yeah, and I mean, you get to Beauty and the Beast, and it's you know super elegant, and everything's brightly lit. And when you get back to the village, you know it's dark again. It's mm-hmm. that darkness has crept into the village, and then you end with you know brightness in the castle again that's you know use of color palette that's not even the animation yeah yeah and then with wally same thing i think with wally it's more environmental though and like they're trying to get the point across of earth desolate cannot sustain life and then space the depth of space you know yeah the vast emptiness that is the galaxy and then on the ship it's a whole bunch of it's it's brightly colored, but that's because of all of the um, commercials and ads and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's very know? sleek too. Mm-hmm. Like the Axiom itself is very sleek as opposed to the um, Earth. The yeah, the sharp edges of Earth and the trash. Like you have everything. A lot of things on the Axiom are rounded and smooth, and then a lot of things on Earth. There's the round. There's the sharp edges of you know the cubes that Wally. Um, yeah, I was gonna say he literally makes. turns them into trash cubes. Yeah, and <laughs> everything is so like segmented because angular. if you think about yeah, they're angular, and if you think about the um, like the tra- like think of the trash cubes. They're kind of porous, and like if you picked up a trash cube, it could crumble because it's not all mm-hmm. the way together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 in stark contrast to the axiom. Right. <clears throat> Well, I mean, even with both of those things, I think kind of like what Grace was saying, like they both did a really good job. So, I mean, I don't think either of them did whatever they were trying to accomplish better than the other. I think they were both pretty even Mm. because they were both just really good. We got to be objective. Well, but it doesn't have to be for everything. Okay. Tori's rolling his eyes at us. Or maybe the screen was just frozen. No, he was rolling his eyes, and then it froze on his <laughs> eye roll, so it elongated it. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, songs and score. 
we will not talk about songs and score for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> no, I, this one's pretty short for me. Um, I love the Wally soundtrack. And frankly, the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack is one of my least favorite of that era of Disney movie. Like, there are no songs in Beauty and the Beast that I'm like, that's such a good song. I love singing that song. Both of these soundtracks I don't really gravitate towards at all. They're both good, you know, for, like, different reasons, Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, I like to sing along to things, so maybe if I feel like singing Beauty and the Beast stuff, then I would go to that. But, I mean, I typically go to Pocahontas um, for that shit. And then, I mean, if I want to listen to, like, really deep, amazing, like, orchestral things, then, I mean, I could go to Wally, but I don't. Yeah. I disagree with Grace on her... her Assessment. Her assessment of Beauty and the Beast score. Because, uh, I mean, it's fine that there are no songs that you sing, but where I'm at is... I think this is probably the strongest of the musicals from the Renaissance. And this, and even though we're not talking about it, this in Aladdin has the best score because of the use of leitmotif. Because every character and every... Um, the characters and like the situation has... Like there's a... There's a I, think they, I think they might might have been done better in Aladdin. But in Beauty and the Beast, Belle, the Beast, Maurice, the subjects, and Gaston and LeFou, Gaston and LeFou, kind of all have their own theme mm-hmm. throughout, the, um, throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Wally has, Wally's score is great. I've professed my love for it several times. Wally's score doesn't really have a musical motif. The use of Hello Dolly is very poignant, but it's not the same as the themes for that Beauty and the Beast has. That's just the way I look at it. It's not the same, but I also don't think that makes it less effective. It's just not the same style of composition. I, yeah. Also, plus five points for using light motif. Thank you. <laughs> the only thing I paid attention to in music history. <laughs> um, L-E-I-T think it's also a star wars i learned it in a star wars uh video too like how john williams creates his score for star wars you know like he uses light motif thanks mr youtube guy i know what i know what that is already uh let's move on to legacy i mean beauty and the beast wins that one yeah i think so but also wally definitely is underrated yeah, well, yes, I think underrated, but also I think it's kind of a a new era. It's a change in how we think right. about animated movies and storytelling mm-hmm. and storytelling and commentary, social commentary, and yeah. an mm-hmm. animated kids movie. Not necessarily kids movie, but kids movie. Out of the four movies that we're talking about, Wally is the only one that hasn't been touched as far as you know sequel or follow up movies or. Uh, well, neither of these have prequels, but I mean, Beauty and the Beast has a sequel. Finding Nemo has Finding Dory. Incredibles has Incredibles Two. Um, I'm I really think that's, glad. Like, I hope they don't. I hope they don't touch it. Yeah, I don't think anybody is going to mess with Wally because of what a marvel it was for storytelling. Mm. Well, and I mean, they'll still 
like people will still do that to like movies and stuff like that. I think I think because it was such like a transitional like movie to like showcase a whole bunch of like new things too. I think that's kind of another reason why they're like, okay, let's just leave that one be because like it's it's good. <laughs> Plus, what can you do with Wally? Like, there's exactly life on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what a bug's life is. If you subscribe yeah. to the Pixar theory, <laughs> I mean, if you subscribe to the Pixar theory, this is just a movie in the cinematic universe that is Pixar. Right. Where's Pixar's Endgame? <laughs> huh. Iconic scenes. Yeah, that's true. They do both have iconic dance scenes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dancing in space versus yellow dress dancing. Yeah, yeah. yellow dance dressing is definitely more iconic, but I also think the fine yeah. dancing is paying homage to Beauty and the Beast in that moment. I can see that. It's a little tip of the hat. Mm-hmm. Man, I really do love both of these scenes, though. Mm-hmm. I, I love the um, the animation and pseudo camera work of Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Define Dancing, like, you listen to that track and it just makes you feel good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, aww. And yeah. it's so cute. It's kind of a, it's kind of an emotional climax to wally and E's. well not a climax it's a cultural peak it's a, an emotional peak to wally and E's relationship because um two things happen eve thinks that wally is dead and you find mm-hmm. out and she finds out that he isn't as much as she's annoyed by wally and you know the building up to right. that point she's still yeah. visibly changed by his air quotes death second right. thing is this is when she realizes that he has the plant. He saved the plant. Therefore, Eve can complete her directive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Third thing is they kiss. Air quotes kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's a very... Um, it's, it's a peak to their relationship. And in the same way, Beauty and the Beast is an emotional peak to that relationship because i mean it's basically date night for the two mm-hmm. and i mean bell realizes that the beast isn't all that bad and the beast kind of learns to love by letting bell go well i mean he he does there's no kind of <laughs> well, yeah, yeah yeah i think that's like when he realizes and he's just like oh yeah i love you go do this thing like i i <laughs> can't let you like i you're not a prisoner anymore not his words um, yeah, I mean this is a this is a relationship, not a um, contract anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It's two very very lovely scenes, and I think these are these are pretty much the these are the moment. Like I know the ballroom scene is actually both of these scenes. Like when they're you're going through the montage of Disney, these two scenes are always in it. Yeah. Yeah. That and Wally touching the the rings when they fly past Saturn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do y'all feel ready? I do. Heather should go first then. I'm going to go ahead and choose Beauty and the Beast uh, because there's more to it character-wise in the sense that, you know, none of them are, like, lost puppies except for, like, the literal, like, piano bench dog. Mm-hmm. Um... And I think Wally has a great score and everything, but it's very cute. 
and that's kind of all that it's got going for it is that it's very cute and also like the whole like nonverbal non like not like actual words being said it's all like inflection mm-hmm. uh, like the way that they communicate and stuff like that sure like that's fantastic and like the animation is great and stuff but the drawing and everything in Beauty in Beauty and the Beast is also great I just think Wally is a little a little cuter, I guess, than Beauty and the Beast is. Grace, you want me to go or you want to go? You go. I will also pick Beauty and the Beast. Man. Because the I love the animation of this one and I love the character growth because Belle has like we said, Belle has a little bit more agency on the plot and she grows a little bit more. She grows a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the score. My analysis of the um, the way the color palette works kind of... I came up with that on the fly and I was like, wow, that is really good. Especially when it was like the darkness of the castle goes to the village. I love that part. And just kind of talking through it, I was like, I really like... A lot of the things that Beauty and the Beast does more than the things that Wally does. I, I still love mm-hmm. Wally's score. I think Wally's score, well, I'm going to g- agree with you guys, it does different things. But I like kind of the linear story of Beauty and the Beast more, and the antagonist of uh, Beauty and the Beast, and the ensemble. Like, Beauty and the Beast has better characters all around than Wally. Um, boo, you whores. I was going to choose Wally. Um, say why. No. No, just say, just no, I mean, like, that's just, that's the one I would want to sit in a room and watch over and over again. If I had to. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it matters that it's, uh, that it's cute. Um, I do think it's cute. I love that there's a social commentary piece of it and i think it's such a different take on storytelling yeah i will agree that wally is a it's a great advancement in storytelling mm-hmm. because of the fact that a lot of it is nonverbal. yeah beauty and the beast moves on to the championship that's weird to say mm-hmm. moves on to the finals that's better our next matchup and our last matchup of the semifinals is finding nemo versus the incredibles I'm not going to go first this time. Who do you want to pick as the protagonist in this? Like, is it Mr. Incredible and Marlin? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, Maybe it's Helen Parr. Helen Parr is definitely the protagonist of Incredibles 2. Yeah. It is It is definitely all about her. If anything, not. I'm not calling Helen Parr a side character in this, but I don't think she is... She's not the main one. Yeah. Like, she becomes definitely more important, like, halfway through the movie after he gets captured. Mm-hmm. And kind of same with vice versa in Incredibles 2, where he becomes, well, like, him and the kids become more important, mostly the kids, at least hero-wise, after she gets hypnotized by things. But I think the whole family ends up being, aside from Jack-Jack in the first movie, they all kind of end up being the protagonist, like, at some point in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then all together at the end. I think that this movie, like as far as protagonist goes, I think this movie really is justified in being called The Incredibles because of what you just said. Like they all mm-hmm. share the spotlight at some point 
and they all have their moments of growth. Mm-hmm. Switching over to Finding Nemo, this movie is all about Marlon and his growth as a character. Right. Such an epic journey. Yeah. I oh. He does go through quite a bit. Yeah, and we've we've got kind of several acts, and I don't know, he's annoying AF, but uh, seeing his growth and seeing the his journey is it's one of the cooler it's one of the cooler stories, and it's also completely original. Like this is not something that uh, came from anything else, and so I think I think that's a reason why I love Pixar movies so much to begin with is because typically they're new stories. They've never been done before. They've never been told before. Right. Um, They do seem to have a structure. I don't know if this is story structure or just something that I'm noticing with Pixar. I think it's probably just story structure. But with a lot of Pixar movies, especially the early ones, like your Toy Stories, your Finding Nemo's, your uh, Incredibles, your Cars... There's something that happens at the beginning of the movie, kind of like a prologue. Let's call it a prologue. Mm-hmm. Especially with Up. I thought, of, I thought of this with Up. You introduce a character, and then there's a dramatic and or traumatic event that happens that either drastically changes or just completely fucks their life. Mm-hmm. For example, in this movie, at the beginning, Marlon... He's, if you look, he's so happy-go-lucky and he's so neurotic about, I see he's just so excited about the prospect of being a dad and his family and where his family is going to live. Mm-hmm. And then he loses all of that to a barracuda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you see him, see, he is so neurotic and stressed and quite frankly, he probably just has PTSD on a That's, massive yeah. scale. Mm-hmm. That drives a lot of it. The other great example I had to that was the beginning of Up. Yeah. No more I need to say about that. But yeah, it's just something that I noticed with Pixar movies. Because if you look at Toy Story, like the thing that shatters Woody's world is Andy's birthday party and the introduction of Buzz. Well, and that's not, yeah, that's not just Pixar though. Like, especially think about Lion King. His father dies in the first 10 minutes. Think yeah. about... Beauty and the Beast. She gets captured by this monster. Uh, Snow White gets... uh, The Huntsman tries to kill her at the beginning. Um, So, I mean, that's that's general storytelling. I think Pixar's just hit harder. Especially Finding Nemo and Up. Like a a significant other dies. Yeah. In dramatic fashion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh... What about antagonist? There really isn't an antagonist in Finding Nemo. We've discussed it. There's not a. Yeah. There's not really an antagonist in Finding Nemo. I think it's impressive, <clears throat> like that there isn't, there isn't a bad guy. Yeah. We've got these obstacles, but it's yeah, just trials. yeah. He's, it's the yeah. trials that he has to go through. Yeah, it's re- it's refreshing <clears throat> to like not have a bad guy. Yeah, with like all these movies that come out that have a bad guy, like even including Incredibles, even the Syndrome, mm-hmm. like is a good antagonist you mm-hmm. know he's basically evil tony stark like it's still really nice that that's like not the route that they went mm-hmm. i think in um in literature finding nemo is called man versus nature mm-hmm. yeah because it's it's not it's not that the ocean is out to get him it's just the ocean just is being the ocean 
Yeah. yeah. It's just being itself. If anything, the antagonist is Marlin because he has to get out of his own way. And once he does, you know, he sees his son for what he is. He learns to appreciate Dory. Um, right. He loosens Until up. Until the second movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, but oh can but we can we put a pin in that until we get to legacy because i actually have something to say about that for both movies okay perfect um if marlon would have gotten out of his own way like he would have he wouldn't have gotten you know attacked by jellyfish dory wouldn't have gotten hurt and he might not have ended up on the uh on the with the t- sea turtles anyway so yeah glass half full i guess mm-hmm. then there's syndrome yeah syndrome's a solid Brett. Yeah, is is a solid antagonist because he's so like. There's nothing spectacular about him. Um, he's just a crazy guy, mm-hmm. who got too mm-hmm. much money, and he's like a little too smart for his own good. Yeah, so he's like good with making th- like with making stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Syndrome's a good manifestation of the theme of everyone's special and no one is special. Uh-huh. Right, because syndrome he says you know he got rich and made weapons and he's going to distribute them to everyone so everyone can be super whereas Mm -hmm. syndrome is still just a regular guy amongst gods with these super with superhero powers you know yeah he i mean on like in all honesty with all the tech and stuff that he was making and he was like mass producing to like different militaries and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like he probably was he probably is like genetically enhanced in some way just like more in like think like kind of like a thinker i guess in a sense okay he just probably never grasped that like concept of him being oh i am special i just do this and i don't lift buildings Mm -hmm. by myself Mm -hmm. with my arms and as far as ensemble goes i don't think i mean the incredibles has a pretty concise ensemble Mm -hmm. yeah as far for ensemble, are we can are we talking about Dory and the Tank Gang, or are we talking about everybody that Marlon yeah. runs into? No, I think I think you talk about the Tank Tank Gang. Like they're the ones yeah, that keep the more stable ones. Uh, they're the ones we revisit over and over. I definitely think, as far as like comic relief, Edna wins hands down every oh, time. Absolutely mm-hmm. against yeah. Dory, um, but like the Tank Gang might win over the family and Mister Freeze. I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Did you just call Frozone Mister Freeze? Frozen. Oh, sorry. How dare you? The disrespect. <laughs> I can't say. I can't say that the Tank Gang wins over the family because the family, any one of the the family, could have been the star of this movie, right? Because of their their stories themselves. They're kind of you know, they all kind of come together at the end in some mm-hmm. way or another. And mm-hmm. the tank, the I feel like the tank gang is just a little bit of it's just a stop on the road trip that this that is this movie. Nemo is just kind of he's just kind of stuck there. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a lesson that Nemo needs to learn. But like, what is saying that? What does Nemo really learn in this? You know, that his dad does love him even though he's hard on him. That's what he learns. Does he learn that from the tank gang though? Yeah, because they're the one that are because they're like, hey, we're here to support you and stuff like that. And then the and then the pelican comes in and he's like, hey, your dad's here. And he's like, no, that can't be my dad, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But then like once the tank gang's like, wow, really? That's your dad. That's so cool. He's like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. That is super cool because he's a child and he's impressionable. So. Yeah. But is that is that it's like that one little instance. 
is that the tank gang or is that marlin's journey like if would nemo still be impressed after hearing that from like if nigel tells him that and then he's impressed if nemo had been stuck somewhere else in the ocean and not with the tank gang and nigel had told him that it would still be impressive you know Mm-hmm. He so I feel like he wouldn't believe them as much because Nigel is almost like involved with that tank gang anyway because they all know him and so Nemo like the first encounter that Nemo had with him was he was afraid of him right because ocean living in birds um but after noticing that the tank gang accepted him and like was like conversing with him then he was like oh this guy's cool so like I feel like he I feel like Nigel is like also part of said tank gang yeah i can mm-hmm. say that nigel's part of the tank gang yeah my so therefore totally my skepticism is just does the tank gang make nemo realize that his dad loves him or is it that hey your dad is coming across the ocean yeah i think i think that's it maybe that's what it is yeah and i'm just thinking of and i'm thinking of a different <laughs> yeah um interestingly the color palettes are are pretty similar like yeah, one's very red and one is very one's blue. One's very blue. Yeah. 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 That's kind of what yeah. you got. I was, yeah, there are, except for when it's night. Even when it's night, there are right. a couple of reds, but there there are a lot of reds in the. I mean, because of their costumes, really, but there's yeah. a lot. And of, the time and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. These were also made pretty close to each other. What years were they made in? Finding Nemo came out in 03, Incredibles came out in 04. Yeah. Um, so the animation yeah. style is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. It is impressive that all of this, even the stuff in the tank, takes place underwater. Yeah. They are right. rarely well, above, and, above water. And I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking, like, that is so cool. Like, mm-hmm. it looked yeah. so good. I really love the animation of the water when, we, when like, I first saw it and stuff. And I really love the animation of the different power sets because, mm-hmm. like, they kept trying to make, like, you know, live action movies of like superhero things, you know, but you can't, I feel like that's really hard to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I really liked the Incredibles and the way they did that. The Incredibles also predates the first Fantastic Four movie, like the, the mm. bigger one. Not talking about right. the Roger Corbin one that I haven't actually seen, but I'm talking right. about the Fox one. The OG. Yeah. The OG turd. Yeah. <laughs> That one actually is bad. It's actually <laughs> it's not, not that horrible. bad. It's it could it's not be horrible, a lot but it could be better. Yeah. I want to go back to themes, because parenting, parenting is the theme. Or well, not not in the Incredibles, but like it's a big. It's something that they share because. No, I think yeah, I think it's that's definitely a theme in the Incredibles, and I think part of it too is it's very realist mm-hmm. that parenting is not. You don't always get it Not right. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't always get it right, and that's okay. Like you're. And some cut. Ca- sometimes your kids catch you fighting. Yep. Yeah. So. Um. I think both of these movies. I mean, except for the fact that Marlin is a fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, Marlin is a fish. Is he? Oh. Yeah. I'm a what? Totes you're a fish, a fish Marlin. <laughs> I'm. I'm just Marlin. <laughs> Well, mm. just Marlin. Um, anyway. <laughs> both of these movies are very relatable because I'm not a parent, but I think there are instances where parents underestimate their kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's funny that I say that. I'm not a parent. 
and everything that I know about parenting, I know from movies and my parents. <laughs> and <laughs> so, but yeah, parents underestimate their kids all the time, and it takes you know a a a big shift for parents to realize, hey, maybe my kid actually can handle this. Uh-huh. And then in The Incredibles, you know, Helen has to face has to face facts and say, hey, you know, we're in the shit now. You know, this isn't a game. You, I have to trust you with something that I've held you back from your entire lives. And it's Helen saying, hey, I have to change up being a parent right now. Yeah. Because we're in danger. Right. Everybody's in this danger. Is different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Bob just kind of goes along with whatever Helen's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Bob, wants his wanna pitch in? <laughs> he wants his kids to be who they are. Right. That's the that's literally like the only thing that he like fights her on. Yeah. But, at least but... at least from what we saw, you know. But other than that, she's like basically the main like decision maker of the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is Bob wanting to be. I don't think it's not Bob wanting to be the proud dad. He wants to be a hero again. And if right. him he letting wants his, his he wants his old job back. And if he wants, it was his fave. If him letting his kids be successful makes him a hero, that's what it is. Right. He will do that. Which is what he learns in the second one. Yeah. Speaking of the second one. So, I know we did a review, and I I said all these good things about the movie, but <laughs> neither neither sequel I feel like is necessary. No, not at all. Neither of these sequels. The Incredibles 2 looks great. Yeah, it does. I think Incredibles 2 definitely does it better. um, Yes. But it's not necessary. Yeah, Yeah. because it undoes everything, pretty much, that The Incredibles does. I think The Incredibles did it better because Mm -hmm. of the the social commentary of everyone is super. That's um, all no one is, yeah. And then the 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 family aspect, I think I think it does everything way better. Mm-hmm. Incredibles two just looks better, and honestly, I I don't, I don't even bump the score as much. I don't. I, I'm admitting that on air. I don't listen to the Incredibles <laughs> score as much as I listen to the Incredibles. Yeah, I I do like that they showed more at home Bob than they did more at home Helen Uh uh-huh yeah just because like again she was mostly the one that like made she was the one that like made most of the decisions and now she's like off on a mission and so now he has to be the at-home parent and and their like first like basically parenting deal was she was the stay-at-home parent while he went to work so now they got to switch those roles and so Uh it was really so I really enjoyed like it again yes it wasn't necessary but it was also still pretty cool to like see him like struggle a little bit admit that he's struggling and then get better from there yeah mm-hmm. and then not letting and they showed they showed it more too go ahead not letting finding dory off the hook oh, finding nemo just not, is it's just not good so t- yeah it's so touching the story is very um relevant the themes are cute like the entire the journey and everything is very cute and poignant and then finding Dory, it's just, I feel like it's just a victory lap for how funny Ellen DeGeneres can be. Yeah, and, and I wasn't about it. Like, it yeah. seemed too forced. Yeah. I don't it, know. 
it, it didn't it, there was no new ground that was broken on that like i can't even think of like what was the theme of finding dory can either of you remember no i can't even i mean i know that she was the trying theme? to find her she's parents. trying to find her parents I know, I know. That's that was the objective of the movie, but, but like, what did you take away from that movie? No, I barely remember it. Except there was an octopus that, that was sassy. Septopus. Yeah, there was a there See, was a really sassy remember septopus. That. <laughs> rocks. She really likes rocks. And she likes shells. She, she oh, sorry, shells. shells. See, I, <laughs> obviously, see, I didn't even fucking remember that. So, ooh, shells. Clearly, we've only watched this once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to score. Which of these? I'll say it. Incredibles has a bomb ass score. It you know? does. It's very flashy, and it draws people in. And then Finding Nemo has the very serene, ocean like score. <laughs> yeah, I mean both of these scores fit their movies very well. So yes, I th- I honestly think f- I th- I think the Incredibles is just the more memorable one because. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, middle school, middle school, junior high concert band and every, you know, low grade marching band has done a, no offense if, no offense to any listeners <laughs> who did this at a marching band, has mm. done an incredible score, uh, uh-huh. an Incredibles marching score, show, yeah. sorry, marching show. I think yeah, it, it, I mean, it's even permeated like pop groups. culture. Sorry, go. Well, yeah, what you're about to say, the, the jazz, jazz people have done this more too. Yeah. yeah, like jazz groups at like colleges and stuff have done it and stuff. Sorry, you glitched out really bad, so I started talking while you were talking and I didn't oh, realize. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the incredible score has kind of permeated pop culture more than Finding Nemo. Yeah, that was like I don't the even... first jazz score, right? Uh, for for Disney, probably for Disney. I will say the the opening theme to Monsters Inc. was oh, was had a, had a sorry. jazz. Sorry, I was thinking more. Bi- I was thinking more big band. I guess. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know that it's, I would go as far as it's permeated pop culture. Like, we've definitely seen it pop up in, like, college and high school and drum corps, but that's mm-hmm. a very specific subsect of pop culture. I'm, I'm waiting, <laughs> uh, off topic for a second, I'm waiting for a drum corps to just embrace the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though a lot of their s- scores and themes aren't as memorable as say you know batman and superman but mm-hmm. like the avengers theme oh. come on right just just put yeah. it in just, just just put it in something yeah i think i'm gonna google that when we finish going down the rabbit hole <laughs> alice in wonderland reference Ooh, yep. <laughs> yep we got it mm. um <laughs> iconic scenes uh i think of helen's uh rescue sequence like when they're on the plane and then she has to save them when the plane goes down mm-hmm. and then there's a motorboat and yeah, like that whole thing oh, shield us around us now i can't do one that big <laughs> i would say uh i think the most iconic incredible scene is probably when they strike that pose uh-huh yeah because that's that is the look of a family united mm. right and it's a hey that's i got the, your that's back. the hero shot yeah that's what it is it's the hero shot because they don't have one of those when they're fighting the Omnidroid. Mm-hmm. For Finding Nemo, I think there's a few, there are a few things that come up for me. And, uh, like, I think of the Shark AA meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think of the jellies 
I think of uh, the seagulls and the tank, like the progression of the tank getting dirty and then the tank is clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the sea turtles too. Definitely yeah, the, the sea, sea turtles. turtles. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like that whole scene with Crush and his son. Yeah. The main ones for me are the sea turtles and the uh, the opening scene with the ocean and the fact that it's super gorgeous and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the end when they're all swimming down. Yeah. And I think those are the big three for me. That is a really triumphant scene at the end too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Man. I watched the beginning of Finding Nemo last night, and one of my favorite things is the transitions. Well, I can only think of one transition right now. It's when uh, Marlon goes from, like, when he's holding Nemo in the, the egg. Uh-huh. Like, egg Nemo. And then it transitions to, like, that that the egg becomes the moon, and then the title uh-huh. comes up. Yeah. Right. That's a, like, that's... That's probably theme wise. I think that's the best part. Like that's the theme of, um, I think Finding Nemo right there. Like the the, the musical cue. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Grace, go first. I am picking Finding Nemo because it's an epic journey. Um, even though I want to pick Helen Parr, really just Helen Parr though. <laughs> Not the Incredibles, but Helen Parr. <laughs> yeah, just, just Elastigirl. Um, yeah, I, I love that this is an epic journey. It's beautiful. It's uh, gut wrenching. I love Allison Janney as Peach. Um, yeah, I. This is one of those that I'll watch a lot. I think. Incredibles is one that I got a little worn out on. Like, I think I saw it a few too many times. And I've definitely watched Finding Nemo a lot. Um, but it, it never wore out for me like it did for Heather. So I'm going to go with The Incredibles. Because I think the story that they tell... I've, I've grown... The story of Finding Nemo has grown on me. But I think the, the storytelling, the social commentary in um, The Incredibles... And then the family story and the way each character grows. Not so much Dash. But the way each character grows, it's better collectively to me than Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even though I can now actually sit down and watch Finding Nemo again after years of um, not being able to, I'm also going to go ahead and choose uh, The Incredibles, mostly because of the family aspects of it, though. Like... Everything else is, like, nice, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's it's a very superhero movie. Uh, but I do like the concept of the whole everyone's special, nobody's special, um, too. And I love the way that they animate the uh, power sets and stuff. But it's mostly, I think, the family aspects and, like, the family growth and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Incredibles for me. Did I lose the last episode, too? Did I lose both of them on the last episode? No. Cause I don't fi- think so. Because Finding Nemo's here. Yeah. What did Finding Nemo beat out? I think Mulan. Hmm. Okay. I was just looking at it. My computer's being weird. Yeah, Mulan. So, our final is set. Looks like uh, next episode it will be... 
Beauty and the Beast versus The Incredibles for the Disney versus crown of best Disney movie. Hmm. It's only taken us three years to figure this out. Hmm. We're a little slow. It's fine. Yeah. We just like to talk about it rather than just <laughs> fill in the blanks. Yeah. It's deliberation. Grace, what do you want to do for Drunken Disney? Drink my sorrows. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, we've done these before, so... I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Maybe instead we make a Drunken Disney for... Is there anything coming out? There's so much coming out. Um, Anything coming out soon? We're about three weeks away from Aladdin. That's about it. We have a Drunk Disney for Aladdin, though. Oh, man, if we had seen Dumbo, we could make a Drunk Disney for Dumbo. Stay tuned for Dumbo. We're going to do an episode, I promise. It'll just be late. (laughs) It'll just be way late after... Mm. It'll be way after anybody cares about that movie. Mm-hmm. If anybody cared about that movie. <laughs> if anyone cared. Funny. We can do a drunk Disney for Disney versus. Oh man, I feel like that's a that's a, a finals thing. Anytime I say like. I dig it. Actually, let's hold that for the final. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta be we gotta be very. Uh, we're going to be very meta about it. How aggressively did we take out uh, the ums and likes when we were editing a lot more? I think in the very beginning, I was, was super aggressive. I think episode mm-hmm. two, I, I called Heather in and said, listen to all the times you say like. Yeah. You got to you gotta chill out. He literally gave me, I think. I counted. Like a five minute section and he was and or it was like five or two and he was like just listen listen to this <laughs> oh i remember what it was it was during your frozen rant i was like heather, oh yeah like, heather we're we're only halfway in and you've said like like 50 times <laughs> right oops that's funny it's fine cool so no no drunken disney i guess or what how about the losers read the ones for the losers okay so drunken disney for wally Drink every time a song is played or referenced. Drink every time someone says Wally or Eve. Drink every time a robot is personified or exhibits human characteristics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anytime the rogue robots or anytime a robot is on screen, basically. <laughs> Just continuously drink. Mm-hmm. And then Finding Nemo. Drink well, anytime. That's the OG. Yep. Drink anytime someone says Nemo. Drink anytime someone says mine. Drink anytime Dory, Dory forget. forgets something. Yep. Ooh. Do we want to do a full recap episode and see kind of like how did we get here? Or do we want to roll that into the finals? Like we'll talk about how did we get here, the bracket as a as a whole. And then do the finals. I think what? that's probably fine. Like, I think all of us should redo our rankings. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it was going to be anyway. We were going to do a 10, like a top 10 thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, like, I don't know that we need a whole episode for it, although we can record it and then see if it ends up being super long. Yeah. Um, but I think we should do a re-rank. Do we want to do all of them or just the top 10? How about we do a top 20? We rank okay. a top 20. 
Um, when I thought we were just doing a top 10 because it's hard. Heather. Oh, no, no, no. Heather is doing a top 10. Me and Grace are going to just move some stuff around. We're not going to do a full. Heather's at least doing a top 10. Okay. Um, yeah. And then me call out anything that's a big, like yeah. a big difference. Yeah. So next episode is going to be our actual episode 50. Woo! Yeah. This will be episode 50. It'll be a big celebration. We'll look back. Like we just said, we'll re-rank. Um, Heather will give us an actual top 10, not a uh, a tiered list. Grace and I will fix some egregious errors in our uh, <laughs> rankings. And uh, we will prepare you guys for finals. Mm-hmm. Two, three years in the making. You can find us on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. On Twitter, at DisneyVS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Drop us a comment. If you give us a five-star review and a comment, I will read it during the episode. Give us a five-star review on Facebook, too. Give us a comment. Same rules apply. Um, You can also find us on Google Play Music, where you can give us... 83 new princesses. Oh, my gosh. Also comment on uh, comment on the medias and let us know if you want us to do a Anastasia episode. Yes. I oh mean, my gosh, we yes we can. If she's, I mean, I guess she's a princess now. Hey. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this has been fun. I'm really excited that we are at the championship. It'll be fun to look back and see what we've done. As always, thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next episode. In the finals! Woo!